0: Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a great week. We're going to be sharing with you some signs from spirits that you all have received, letting you know that you're on the right path or that you are not alone on this beautiful journey we're all traversing together. And we just want to take a moment to thank you guys so much for taking time to share these beautiful, impactful, and validating stories with us. If you have a story you want to share with us, please remember you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. You want to start us off, Denise? I would love to. And again, I, I agree. Thank you for
1: sending these because it brings us all together in community to realize that our people in spirit, or our animals in spirit, or guides, or whoever is contacting us, that we're we're sharing that as a, a, f- a family of listeners and a family of empaths. Our first one says, my dad passed away two years ago. He died like he lived on his terms. He was a healthy 89-year-old widow. My mom had died four years prior, and he pined for her. They were a package deal like peanut butter and jelly or salt and pepper. My mom took a very long time to pass and her body really deteriorated. It was very hard to watch. After she died, my dad said he wouldn't do that to us. He told me that he would say prayers every night to St. Joseph for a happy death. Then he would fold his arms across his body and go to sleep hoping to meet my mom in his dreams. The next morning he would wake up, shrug his shoulders and go about his day hoping his happy death would be coming soon. My dad was an extremely generous man. His love language was giving you things and money. Saying I love you didn't come easy to him. He would rather squeeze a 20 into your hand with a wink. When I started my business and needed startup capital, he left the money sitting on my kitchen counter in a paper bag with a note saying, this was for me and to use it as I pleased. It wasn't a loan. At the end of 2020, my dad contracted the dreaded virus that shall not be named. And while he never really got sick, he did have to quarantine for a month in a rehab. And then we had to put him in assisted living, something he never wanted. He arrived and was compliant with his new living arrangements, making the best of it. He insisted on having his wallet and cash on him, even though I told him it was like a cruise that everything is paid for and he didn't need cash. He wanted cash to tip all the aides and even the doctors. They didn't take it to show his appreciation. I think he knew his time was coming. He was always so appreciative and upbeat. Shortly after arriving, he was rushed back to the hospital and we were told he was in end-stage congestive heart failure, which was hastened only by the on by the virus. They said he only had about six months left. He was still so robust and full of life. We were totally taken off guard. When three weeks later, he went to sleep one night and didn't wake up. As soon as I got off the call, I said, way to go, St. Joseph. Soon after, we started cleaning out my dad's house. We were finding dimes in all the oddest of places. One day, my daughter laid down on a guest bed to nap and woke up with a dime underneath her. One thing that we had to sell was his beloved car. It was 10 years old, but in mint condition. He took really good care of that car. We had a few people drive the car. The last person was a friend of ours. As he was getting into the car, he noticed a dime on the ground next to the car. Now, I'd been walking by that car a few times that day and never saw the dime. Suddenly, it was there. As my friend went to start the car, it sputtered and had a hard time turning over. Not surprisingly, my friend passed on buying my dad's car. I told my husband, I think we need to bring the car to the mechanic and get the battery looked at. So we brought the car to his mechanic, who's also our mechanic, and he asked my dad where he asked where my dad was. I told him the sad news. He was visibly upset by the news. He said that my dad would always bring bagels and coffee for the guys when he was getting his car worked on and tell his old stories from his cop days. He said he would miss him and that he was a really great guy. He asked if we were selling the car. I responded, yes, but I think the battery needs to be replaced. He said, that's strange. I put a new battery in the car just six months ago, but he said he'd look at it. We left the car and he called the next day. He said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the car. The battery is fine, still under warranty. The car has been starting without a problem. We thought, wow, that's strange. He then said that if we were selling the car, he would buy it. Eureka, I knew the reason for the dime and the car trouble. My dad wanted his favorite mechanic to have his beloved car. We sold the mechanic the car and gave him a really good deal my dad would have wanted him to have. We continue to find dimes in the oddest places. My daughter, who is away at college, will send us photos of the odd places she finds them. She finds them a lot in her desk drawer just sitting there with nothing around it. Recently, I was putting some blankets in the wash. I was thinking about my dad and how I hadn't heard from him recently. Suddenly a dime dropped to the bottom of the washing machine. I was pleasantly astonished. I said out loud to him, well, dad, dimes are nice, but I think you can do better. How about leaving me a $20 bill? About a week later, my husband came up to me with a crumpled $20 bill and said, did you lose a 20 in the wash? I've asked everyone in the house and no one is claiming it. At first I said, no. Then I thought of my comment to my dad and said quickly, yes, it's mine. I couldn't believe he pulled it off. I recently put in a request for a Benjamin. Let's see if he can do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, I I feel sad that I never got to know this man. What a, what a wonderful soul.
1: Right. And that he... He lived his life the way he wanted to live it. He passed the way he wanted to the generous, the kindness, the 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 dimes and the doll. that's a very fun sign from spirit,
0: yeah. and it shows the power of his love and beautiful energy. I love the image of him walking through and trying to tip all the all the staff trying to take care of him. Yes, oh, that is so sweet. And sign upon sign upon sign. I mean, the fact that the battery didn't work with the first person they tried to sell the car to, but it worked for the mechanic. And that makes sense. Cause of course he would love and treasure that car. Right. And getting a $20 bill. Okay. If you do get the Benjamin, A, you have to email us right away. And then B, you got to up it again and go, all right, dad, I'm playing the <laughs> Powerball. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. All right. Our next one says, I have a quick story about a sign I received from Spirit. Late last year, we lost my grandpa. He was a 95-year-old World War II vet who lived an absolutely incredible life. With that said, his last few months were very challenging. Although he never complained, we all knew that he was ready to make his exit and be reunited with my grandmother, who we lost in 2008. I started to pray that my grandmother would come get him so that he would no longer be suffering. One night I had a dream that he died. It was very real. I woke up from the dream and was completely overwhelmed with the smell of roses. I knew without a doubt that it was a sign from my grandmother that she had in fact come for him. She had had a special connection with St. Therese the little flower and would say that if she sends you a rose, your prayer request would be granted. I was so convinced that I got up and wrote down the time. When I woke up the next morning, I got the call that he had passed away in the night it gave me so much comfort to know that they were together again wow wow okay so i have heard that too that if if you if you pray to saint teresa the little flower if she grants your prayer you will smell roses and there are some pretty cool stories and experiences that people have had with that but i love this idea i do think when you're getting ready to exit from this world i do think you need the prayers and encouragement of your loved ones here on earth. I think it's, you know, that final goodbye, that final exit is such a difficult one to make. And we feel this, this pull constantly to be there for our loved ones here. But when we do pray and, and kind of combine our energies with our loved ones on the other side, I do think it helps make their transition so much easier for all concerned. And I love that her grandmother this wonderful man's wife was there and gave her that sign of the roses to let her know i heard you i'm i'm here i'm going to help and and it was that night
1: yeah and we've we've both heard countless stories of people who have done hospice care and a lot of intuitive people do hospice care and they've sensed someone coming closer from spirit and then almost simultaneously the family that is with the person will say it's okay to go you know you know and they'll list the people who are in spirit waiting and it it does seem like it's both sides of the veil working together for everyone involved
0: yeah and if if you guys are listening to this and going really check out visions trips and crowded rooms isn't it's a that great a great book i oh. love that book Me too. And it's just stories from hospice workers, doctors and nurses and social workers who have witnessed just what Denise said. It's very, very comforting. Yes. Our next one is a dream that someone had. And
1: I think it's important, as Samantha mentioned in her book, The Awake Dreamer, that so many times our people in spirit will come to us in a dream. And this is an excellent example of that. I was with my family and we were at a countryside festival like a carnival, my husband and my little baby, two years old, and my then nine-year-old. There was a wind whipping up and dark clouds moving in, definitely a storm brewing, and I even thought I saw a tornado in the distance. I yelled to my husband, we need to run, we need to find shelter. We all ran down into this tunnel. It led us further and further underground into what seemed like a huge train station. Looking around I saw lots of people that I didn't know moving quickly and heading in a multitude of directions I couldn't find my family I knew they were around and I wanted to find them but I wasn't afraid because I knew they ran inside with me I started walking through this train station walking and walking with most people were paying me no mind but on the other side of the tracks I saw someone I hadn't seen since I was a teenager my high school best friend's dad I knew he had passed away at least 10 years ago. I crossed a little bridge to go over some tracks and went up to him. And as, as he was sitting on what appeared to be a park bench, I saw that he was holding my littlest son, Gabriel, in his arms too. I smiled at them both and said, hi, Jerry. He looked at me and he said, you can see me? And I said, yes. And you're holding my son. And then how are you, Jerry as he passed me back my child. Jerry was healthy, had a full head of hair again. He looked younger and more glowing than I remembered. He smiled at me and he said, I'm glad you can see me. Please tell my daughter and my wife that I love them and that I'm doing just fine. I nodded my head and smiled. I'll call them right away. Then Jerry said to me something I'll always remember. He said, Gabriel's going to be okay. And this, my heart grew so big. You see, just months before, Gabriel had almost died. We didn't know what type, he had type 1 di- diabetes. And he went into a very dangerous medical state called diabetic ketoacidosis. It was a terrifying time for me. Even though I was a nurse, the trauma of my own child almost dying was nearly too much to bear. Jerry holding him and handing him back to me and then giving me that message was profound and healing. I walked back across the bridge with my son in my arms and found my husband and other child. We made our way back out of the station and then the tunnel and back up to the land. I didn't remember much after that as I woke up suddenly. My husband was lying next to me in bed and he woke up too. I told him everything. We were both in tears. The next day, I called my friend, whom I hadn't spoken to in many years. She cried and her mom cried happy tears. He visited me one more time. He stood at the end of my bed holding a picture of my friend his daughter smiling. It was a mixture of a dream visit and a spirit visit because I felt I was awake in the but it because I was awake but it felt like a dream. This began a spiritual awakening as well as my own heart healing. I have gratitude for Jerry and the world of divine love. I'm now a medium too and it changed the way I understood the world with that dream, but more importantly, I've walked the path of trust in healing my heart this dream visit changed my life. Oh my goodness. Uh, the Just the, the beginning with the detail and the vividness of seeing the tornado in the distance and the dark clouds and that storm. And that I could just feel the fear in that, the way it was described. And it felt so real and, and vivid, which a lot of times dream visits are from, from what we've both experienced and from everything that you wrote about. And the walking and being in the train station with all the people, it just felt so clear that she was somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and I almost wonder if the tornado and the panicky running to keep the family safe, I wonder if that was almost like an, an energy block she had to drop before she could go through the tunnel to the other side. Because that tornado dream, to me, is a metaphor for all the emotions she felt as a mom watching her child go through this, you know, terrible health scare, right? Yeah. Yes. And I just wonder if, if it was all connected and Jerry came through not only to get a message to his daughter, but to get a message to this beautiful listener of, you know, your, your family's going to be okay. Your child is going to be okay. And to trigger this beautiful spiritual awakening. And another thought, just, just an
1: idea, just a thought is the, him with, her visualizing and seeing Jerry hold Gabriel, was there some level of divine healing happening oh, for yeah. that little person?
0: Wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's that could be exactly right. Wow. But the great the, combination to be a nurse and a medium.
1: Yes. And the the visualization of having to step across the tracks, over the bridge, going to another side. I I think this is a beautiful, beautiful example of how spirit will come through to us in dreams.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and how we connect to the other side because you do have to traverse all those different levels, right? Yes. Okay. I love that. And it, it just shows how impactful dreams can be in our in our lives and how how long their effects. Can last in our life and, and truly change our direction. That's beautiful.
1: And going underground from a deem, a dream symbology would be going deeper into your subconscious, wouldn't it?
0: Yes. And you have to connect within in order to connect up. Okay. So that makes sense, right?
1: Yeah. And what a beautiful way to step into a spiritual awakening. Spirit put out the
0: breadcrumbs on that one. I'll say. Wow. Okay. Our next one says, this first story is in response to an episode where you were talking about how to ask for signs from our loved ones to let us know they're around. The suggestion was that you ask them to show you their name in an unusual manner so you'd know if it was from them. I was listening to the podcast while I was driving home. I paused the episode and quickly asked for a sign from my father. I never knew him. My parents divorced when I was very little and he died before I could grow up and find him again. Anyway, I wanted to know if he was with me, so I asked as suggested. He had a pretty unusual name, Lonnie. When I got home, I decided to sit down and watch a movie. I was going through movies and decided to check out one of the Disney Descendants movies. I'd never watched them before, but my granddaughter chose one of the characters for her Halloween costume, and I always like to be aware of what she's into. In one of the first scenes, a character introduced herself as Lonnie. I was stunned. I don't think it had even been 15 minutes since I'd asked for the sign. I had to skip back on the movie and replay it to make sure that I heard it correctly. It was amazing to think that my request for a sign was answered so quickly. Wow. All right. Before we move on to her second story, I just have to say a few things. First of all, what an amazing grandmother you are, because my kids have made me watch some of those Disney Descendant movies, and I think I lost brain cells that I'll never get back, but, <laughs> but how random that you would ask for this sign from a, a father you never really knew, ask to see the name. And then you get home and you're like, oh, I guess I'll just watch this Disney descent. Like, what are the odds of that? That is not a coincidence. No.
1: No, but and it's how love. does that
0: work? It makes you wonder, this is what it makes me wonder. Did Lonnie, her father, have the idea I want to connect with her and let her know how much I love her, even though I never got to be the father, you know, I, I wanted to be right. And if he went to his guides and was like, Hey, how can I, how can I let her know? I love her. And I'm watching over her. And the guides were like, Oh, there's this like weird podcast called enlightened empaths. We'll make sure she listens to this. one episode." (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like I wonder if they orchestrated it all that way.
1: That is the big mystery, isn't it? It Which makes it, just so amazing with because the the time factor as well, 15 minutes is a good
0: turnaround. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, here's her second story. The second time I asked for a sign because I was looking for a clear sign about a decision, you suggested that we ask for a very specific sign and a time frame. I asked my guides to show me a red ball for yes and to show me keys for no based on what was for at my highest good. That evening, I turned on the TV and immediately saw a scene where someone walked in the door and threw their keys on the table. I thought, well, that's random, but not unusual. Maybe it's not for me. I saw several more scenes with keys, and I began to wonder if that was my sign. The next day, I went shopping. I wandered out of the store. I was in Target, and there were great big bollards in front of the store that were giant red balls. Again, I thought, that couldn't be for me, laughed and told my guides, I needed something targeted for me. They have quite a sense of humor. A couple of nights later, we went to a night craft show. I was starting to wonder if I would get a sign. We walked through the booths, and as I turned a corner, there was a booth that was full of butterflies. They were everywhere and were all handmade from old-fashioned-looking skeleton keys. Needless to say, I took that as my sign. Okay, I just want to say something about this, Denise, because... This happens to me a lot. I'll ask for a yes sign or a no sign and I will get both. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, really? Like, that's not very helpful. It's in your name, spirit guide. So guide me. But I, so I get a little mad at them when, when they do that. But I remember I had this really, really important decision to make. And you know me, Denise, I don't like to make decisions without talking it over with at least four people first, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So, you you definitely cross all the T's and dot the I's. Yes. Yes. And I, I need <laughs> that validation and feedback. And I, I needed to make this decision by the end of the day. And I called everyone. I, I even called my mother. I called everyone. Like I called my sisters. I called my friends. I nobody answered the phone. And, and, and I'm not saying like, oh, I call and everyone picks up the phone, but how odd that this one afternoon I'm trying everyone that I feel comfortable talking about with this big decision I had to make was not available for like a five hour period. And so I just was like, okay, so I, I just went home and I got into my little chair where I meditate. And the message I felt not heard, but the message I felt was that, you know that old quote when it's, I can't even, oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to quote it, but it's, it's the story about how when you take a test, the teacher isn't by your side giving you the answers. You have to do it on your own. And so this decision I had to make on my own without getting any validation or feedback or confirmation from friends and family. And that's why no one was available when I kept reaching out to them via text and phone. I get the same message when I get these yes and no answers, that it's not for them. It's not for the guides to say, yeah, this is the direction for you, or no, it's not. It's one of those test times in our journey where we have to go within and rely on our own inner self. Frustrating, but I think it is an important part of the of the process.
1: Excellent, excellent point because i think sometimes we divert too much to give, giving away our decision making or our choice to wanting spirit to come in and give us the answer and you 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 nailed it sometimes we have to figure it out on our own and that's yeah. the lesson in it as well
0: yes yeah and it can be frustrating and i think it's a point where a lot of people turn away from their guides and angels right and i just i just hope you guys listen and and just ponder contemplate think about what i said because i do think our guides and angels and our loved ones are always there for us but there are times when you just have to walk that part of your journey alone it doesn't mean they're not there you just you just need to make that decision or that fork in the road direction you have to do that all by yourself and and i often correlate it to parenting you know there are some times when of course we're always there for our kids but there's some things they have to decide and do on their own and it's just as hard, I think, for the parent to watch that, right, as it is for the kid. And I'm sure it's the same way for our guides. I'm sure they want to show us these clear signs like, you know, hey, P.S., the end of the story is that he can see dead people and, and Bruce is really <laughs> dead, you know, but but they can't right. give it away. But But I wonder, too, if choice
1: and free will is such a big part of being a human incarnate on the planet. Is that there are variables that haven't come into play yet. And that's why we don't get as clear an answer.
0: Oh, that's that's a really good point too. Like now is not the time to make yeah. that answer because okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's hot. That's a hard one for impatient me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an important one to consider. Yeah, I agree. But thank you, because that
1: was really helpful, what you just shared. I think that's going to help a lot of folks.
0: Oh,
1: but I'm- we do. When, we, when we're when we to the point where we're saying, please give me a sign. We want an answer, damn it. We don't want to wait.
0: No, but sometimes we have to. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, the next story, I just wanted to share my story about the sign I received from my daughter who passed away in a one-car accident August of 2022. Her birthday was March 27, and I was having problems deciding what I should do for her birthday. I'd purchased a pink-scented candle, which was her favorite color, and her two sisters, her father and I, decided to light pink candles at the same time and sing her happy birthday, which we did on FaceTime. After doing that, her father sent me a newspaper article from our local newspaper in Wisconsin about a woman who had a wind phone constructed so she could speak to her son and send the message on the wind the wind phone was constructed in folly farms nature preserve in safety harbor florida by tampa florida i knew then that that's where i had to go to wish her a happy birthday after two and a half hours we arrived at the preserve and found the wind phone we both spoke to her on the wind phone wishing her a happy birthday and i left her a message on the chalkboard wishing her a very pink happy birthday. We continued to walk the preserve and sat on the bench to enjoy the day there. While we were sitting there, two blue jays flew over, and that was my confirmation. She received my message. I had asked angels and guides to send me a message to me using blue jays since my daughter was a cheerleader in high school and the mascot was a blue jay. That was it. After our visit to the wind phone, I felt calm and at peace. Oh, I do love that one.
0: That one that one hurts. If there weren't a microphone in front of me, I, I'd need a box of Kleenex. Yeah. The uh singing happy birthday as a family and and the wind phone. Wow. What a beautiful to to
1: say Blue Jay because that was the cheerleading mascot. And the I mean, that is so perfect.
0: So perfect. So perfect. I hope she got a picture of it because sometimes sometimes I don't know for me, like if I'm going through grief, I'll get a sign from a loved one I lost and I'm I'm like on high in cloud nine for months. And then sometimes the grief comes back around, you know, you know, how it just goes in those cycles. Yes. And I think it's nice to remind yourself, no, 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 they are okay. They are okay. And they have shown me that they're okay. And to have, you know, to just to lean into that story. Because it's okay. just a beautiful reminder. And this goes back to what you
1: said in one of our previous examples of one of previous stories that you shared. She says in this that her father sent me a newspaper article from our local newspaper in Wisconsin about a woman who had a wind phone constructed. She in was only Florida. two and a half away, hours away in Florida. So did the daughter orchestrate that article and, and that as well to yeah. get them to the wind phone?
0: Yeah. That's so true. See, I think they're doing just as much work as we are on this side. You know, in in that beautiful book I love so much, Testimony of Light by Helen Greaves, she is communicating with her best friend who has died and gone to the other side, and one of the things the friend in heaven talks about a lot is how hard it is for them to learn how to use their energy to connect with us and that there are different places on the other side. And she describes it almost as like they're waiting in line. And Mm -hmm. there are, there are spirits, people who have, you know, like spirit guides who have volunteered and their only job is to help people who are newly crossed over, get messages from their dimension to our dimension. And she describes these like lines. I almost pictured like Disney world or something, you know, (laughs) and they have to like find these certain thin places on the other side, wait in line, talk to these team of helpers and figure out the best way to get their message. Isn't that a neat way of looking at it? It is. It really is.
1: There's so much we can never know until we get there, but I love, love, love exploring this.
0: Yes, me too. Okay, our next one says, this is a story about a sign from my uncle who passed away in the 1970s. My grandparents bought a beach place in the 1960s. My mom, her three brothers and sister spent a lot of time there during their teen years. This particular brother was known to be the playful one on the beach. He had an abundance of energy and was a typical younger brother, doing cartwheels in the sand to send sand flying over everyone, grabbing ankles under the water, you know, brother stuff. He was a large presence in the family. After college, he joined the Navy and became a naval aviator. Sadly, at just 26 years old, he was killed in a training accident. Stories of his antics have been retold when we all meet up at the beach house and his presence is still felt. Fast forward to last summer, I was walking to the beach and asked him to send me a sign. I was trying to think of what would be a good sign for him. And suddenly the thought of someone getting pooped on by a bird popped in my head. I kind of fought the idea because, you know, gross, but I just went with it. After thinking about it, I realized that all the years we've been going to the beach, no one has ever been a victim of a bird bomb. So maybe that would be a pretty good sign. I spent most of the day reading, swimming, building sand sculptures, and no bird bombs, by that time, I'd kind of forgotten about it. Later on, my daughter wandered down and stretched out to take a nap. Sure enough, I heard her say, oh man, ew. Not only had a bird pooed on her, it landed dead center of her shirt. I thought that was a pretty good shot for a Navy pilot. I've loved hearing all of the sign stories. Thank you for letting me share mine. Oh, this is a great story, is it not? Because again, Denise, to three times now reiterate what we've said. I wonder if he's the one who put that idea in her head for a sign, you know, because that is a pretty specific sign. I would like a bird to poop on me or a family member to let me know you're okay in heaven. Like that is something that that brother energy she describes of her uncle would come up with, isn't it? Yes, yes. And the antics and they'd all been retold
1: over and over. So it fit the person. So if you had a really stodgy, uptight person in spirit, chances are they're not going to send your bird bomb.
0: No, <laughs> no. And the, that it was dead center on her t-shirt and he was a yeah. Navy pilot. That's, right. <laughs> yeah. And what if he's an aviator? Who's the best aviator? A bird. True.
1: But, and especially she tried to fight the sign. So that goes back to what you said a minute ago as well of, did he put that thought in because who would ever th- ask that for a sign that that's an odd thing to ask for, but it was in her head and she couldn't get rid of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Chicken or the egg, you know, I mean, <laughs> what, what came first, who came, who comes up with these sign ideas, us or them on the other side, but that's a really fun, uplifting heartwarming story and and it shows that their personalities don't change on the other side. You know, they, they remain the same amazing people, just like our first story that, that you read, you know, where he was always giving out cash and tips and still giving cash and tips to his kids. I love it. I do.
1: So the next one is my paternal grandmother passed away when I was 15 years old. It was incredibly heartbreaking for me as losing her, was like losing the person who always made me feel safe and unconditionally loved fast forward to now i'm 36 and have been opening up to my intuition and ability for the past 10 years i closed myself off in my teens and early 20s a few years ago i was visited by my grandmother during my reiki two attunement and knew she was with me holding my hand i didn't think much about it but was so comforted and grateful she was with me Recently I dreamed she walked through my front door with a huge smile on her face and came right to me and hugged me. My dad who is still living came in behind her as they were coming to visit together. I later told my dad about the dream and he was in disbelief as he shared with me he'd had a dream about her the same night. In his dream we in his dream they were walking through a neighborhood casually going for a stroll and talking. In retrospect, I believe we were both with my grandmother that night, and my dream picked up where his left off. She has since come back around to be one of my guides and biggest supporters on the other side. I shouldn't be shocked by this, as she was always seeing spirits, but wouldn't talk about it due to religious constraints. Thank you so much for your podcast for giving me newfound hope and validating the world I experience. That is so cool.
0: That is so cool. And again, what are the odds? I love stories of shared dream experiences because there's, there's such a miraculous nature to that. And it proves that our souls are traveling while we sleep. Right. And I, and I just want to say, I never knew my grandparents. They all died when I was very young. So I love hearing all these stories of people who were so close to their grandparents. If If you guys are listening to this and you're close to your grandparents, just Give them a little shout out. I think that's a beautiful relationship. It's an incredible gift. Yeah, it really is. I'm still stuck on on, on the grandmother watching the Disney Descendants movies too. <laughs> so that's that's amazing. Above and beyond. Okay. Um, our our last one says, in January 2020, my 93 year old mom and I were talking on the phone. The previous week or so before, we fought on the phone. Not unusual because we had a tough relationship as she's very negative and wants to control things. She said she thought about our fight and suggested I come home for a month and have my ex take care of the kids. She said, you can sleep in, go to the movies with your girlfriends and take a break. I was floored as every time I came home, we live on opposite coast, we fought within a day as she always wanted me to see her friends do what she wanted to do, criticize me for running around. I told my mom I'll try to come home, but that I can't leave my kids for a month. Later in my conversation with mom, my best friend back east began texting me to plan her trip out west to see me. When she booked her ticket, I told her what mom had said to me, and she too was floored as she knows my mom very well. My spirit guide was in my head telling me I need to go back to Pittsburgh. I told my guide I didn't have the money, but I felt him saying, just go, it'll work out. I texted this to my friend, and she immediately looked for leftover airline points after booking her own ticket. Within 40 minutes, I had a one-week ticket to Pittsburgh gifted to me from my friend. The dates I chose were easy flights and included my 54th birthday. I was so excited as I hadn't spent my birthday with my family in 30 years. My brothers were all available, and we immediately planned a big Italian dinner. I thought this message from my guide meant that my relationship with my mom would be healed, that we'd have these amazing heart-to-heart talks, and that she'd see how much damage she caused me and others. Oh, God bless you. Have we? Oh, yep. I think we all have that hope and expectation with that parent, right? Mm -hmm. All right. She continues. I arrived very late at night and peeked in a mom to let her know I was home. She looked so small in her bed, and I felt the heaviness of death and the energy all around me. It was jarring and oppressive. In the morning with our first cup of coffee, I knew she hadn't changed. I struggled to know why my guide had sent me here. At the end of the week, I knew it wasn't about mom. It was about me. I finally fully understood that even if I had stayed in Pittsburgh and did what mom wanted me to do, she would still find reasons to complain. I'd always struggled with saying goodbye to her after our yearly visits back east because I always thought if she died, I'd feel guilty for not being able to heal our relationship. But my guy took care of that, and I'm so grateful. Two months after my visit, she got a UTI that sent her health spiraling. In early May, I flew back for two weeks to help care for her. I finally saw the woman my dad fell in love with. She was so sweet, thankful, and nice. She only complained about the shingles pain that rendered her dominant arm and hand useless. This was the greatest gift I've ever been given, to know what my guy did for me, to then be honored to care for mom while she was transitioning and to really see who she was at her core. I had to fly back to my home, but my brothers took care of her 24-7. A few weeks after I was home, I had what I think was a lucid dream. I was awake but dreaming and suddenly felt a massive burst of self-love in the middle of my chest. I knew it was my mom giving that back to me. I'll never forget it. My brothers and I worked to be sure mom stayed home and died where she wanted to be, peacefully in her own bed. Oh, Denise, that is that is so beautiful.
1: It is. And it's again that reminder that the work continues with people after they transition into spirit.
0: Yes. Yeah. And a reminder that it's so rarely the people in our lives that change. It's it's us that changes, mm-hmm. you know? And I think her guide helped her to realize that. And that's sometimes one of the toughest lessons, isn't it? Especially if you think
1: you're being guided towards I mean, you could feel the optimism and the hope and the wishfulness of it's going to be different this time. This is the time it's going to be okay. And it wasn't when she was back. And, and that would almost be, I would have the same reaction to my guide and say, why, why did you set me up like this? Why did I, or I would doubt my ability to connect because it wasn't what I had hoped it to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good book. It's old. I think it's from the late seventies, early eighties. It's called the fantasy bond. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about how, if if you have a difficult parent, you will have that fantasy your whole life until you heal it. That, you know, this time will be different or this time uh, he or she will validate the pain they caused or or what have you. Um, And, and he says, the only way to heal it is to realize that is a fantasy, a fairy tale. And you need, you need to let that go and accept things as is. And I feel like this beautiful listener had that realization and that's when it's, it's so ironic. And yet we see it again and again in life. When she had that realization, that's when she was able to receive the love from her mother.
1: Well, remember when you shared in a previous episode that you had a dream where you met your mother on the other side and she asked you, how's this working out for you? And that you had contracted to have a difficult relationship. Yeah. So, and that popped into my head. And I wonder, was that in order for this person to experience true self-love that they had to have that lifetime with that mother, but the contract between them was about returning that peace.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's a fantastic example of that. And it's, you know, it is hard. It is hard to, to deal with that throughout your life, but man, it does help you learn self-love and strength. And I do think at the end of everything, it is, it is a beautiful gift to have, have that struggle. I know that, I know that sounds weird, but you know, those, gosh, if you go on Pinterest, you see it all the time. If you have my feed, you know, like (laughs) everything grows through stress and strain, like a pearl is, you know, just sand that got lodged into an oyster and a butterfly had to sit tightly in the cocoon and a diamond is just coal that's been exposed to pressure. We have examples in nature of this all the time. But I think it's wonderful to have these these real life, tangible examples of how when we surrender to what is, when we accept what is, and we focus instead on just growing ourselves and our own heart and soul, that's when we get the love that that we deserve and need and crave. And that's what happened for this listener.
1: And that's been the thread through all of these stories we've shared in all of these spirit episode uh, examples that we've done is uh, love. It's always about love.
0: It's always about love and it is eternal and it is all that matters. Right. Well, thank you guys so much again for taking time to send in these stories. I think they are so impactful and validating. And we've gotten a lot of emails from other listeners saying, please keep doing these shows. You know, a lot of people will say, I made my husband listen to it. I made my agnostic partner listen to it on on our drive here. (laughs) it opened up some great conversations. And so we would love to continue sharing these stories. If you want to send one in, email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. We hope you have a beautiful visit or sign from your guides, angels and loved ones on the other side this week. In the meantime, please remember to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.